so let's keep praying for those requests, and specifically, let's fo- we can focus on that one this week, too, uh, to pray for that for our teachers. I feel like Moses right now, like, parting the waters, because for some reason there's this, like, giant hole of nothingness, and everyone's on this side or that side. So anyways, anyways, because <laughs> everyone needed to know that. <laughs> Whoo! What are the kids, what, what are you guys doing? You getting stuff for the youngsters? I'll figure out, just wait a second, or everyone will just stare at them and not pay attention to anything that I'm saying for the next 10 seconds. I've learned that. Mm-hmm. And we can start. Um, all right, so today, if y'all want to turn to Matthew chapter 6, we'll get there in a minute. But something that we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to spend several weeks on it. I won't be here next week. John King will be preaching. I will be on fall break. So invite your friends because John does a fantastic job. Um, but f- when I get back and, and, and for the next several weeks, I want to share on fasting. Um, this is something that Greg has, as we've gone into this season of prayer, Greg has brought up. And at the end of this, it's actually going to give us practical steps towards beginning to fast as a community, which I am so thankful for. But when I hear the word fast, I I wonder, have you ever wondered, at least in America, I'm not hating on America, America, I don't think we fast all that much. Do y'all? I'm just saying as a, a, like if I asked how many people fasted last week, I don't, do you think many people would raise their hands? I don't know, or the last month, or maybe even this year. I don't don't, don't know. Um, Why is that? You, you can answer if you want to. We're not discipled to fast. That's a really good. I'm not looking for a specific answer. What do you got, Jonah? Oh, my. That's, a, that's my own son right there. American food is good. I mean, you can't argue with that. It tastes good, so I'm going to eat it. <laughs> Americans don't generally like to give up stuff. Yep, that's very true. Unless it's a weight loss journey. We're not super good at that either, though, are we? Some of us are. Not disciplined, Anna. Mm. So Jared said we've never had to be hungry, many of us, and the concept of going without food is foreign to us. That's true. There are people who fast involuntarily. That's right, Ben. I think Kyle had one, and then Bruce. Thought it was an Old Testament thing, or I don't. E- I don't see it modeled. There you go. I will address just that. I think so. Perfect, Bruce, and then Bethany. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, not in our church culture through the Reformation and stuff, which is not something that we've been really passing on. Fasting makes me nervous from a health standpoint. Excellent. <clears throat> We're all going on a 40-day fast, so just get ready. <laughs> no water, too, for 40 days. That's going to be a miracle. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's great. Many people don't know how to fast. One of the reasons I'm answering this is because I want to address some of this stuff, like not just today, but over the course of the next, because I've really, I've been thinking about this myself. 
And I would be lying to you if I told you I was like the most amazing faster in the world. Um, so let's, let's talk about that. You can actually go to the next slide, which was why. That was, sorry, I forgot about that slide. Why don't we fast? Um, let's go to the next one. There we go. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. And I figure let's start with Jesus. And for the reason of what Kyle and um, what Bruce had he expounded upon, but I think a really good question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we supposed to fast, right? Like, if we go into all this thing about you need to fast, you need to fast, sometimes we don't take a step back and just ask simple questions. In fact, the last several weeks I've been studying fasting again, there's some things that I think I believed that I went back and went, well, that's not even in the Bible. Like, I just heard people preach about it. I've read books about it. They've called this a fast and that a fast. And I'm like, well, is that really truth? And so I thought maybe a good place to start is, are we as New Covenant believers supposed to fast? So let's, let's, uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 6. There's several places, and let's see what Jesus has to say about this. First, I'm going to start in verse 1. Because <clears throat> I think in context of what all Jesus is talking about, this becomes really powerful. And that is, he says, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So what he's saying here with these three things he's going to talk about, the main thing Jesus is talking about is not doing things to be seen by other people, right? In which we can learn. That's be something about learning about fasting. But then he goes on to, you can go to the next slide if you want to, Kyle. He goes on to say, so whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. He goes on to tell them to do it in secret. Jesus doesn't say, if you give alms, if you take care of the poor, right? Does he, I mean, I think many of us have read this before, but I'm going super basic because some people might not have thought about this, right? Jesus doesn't say to his disciples, well, you know, if you decide to be generous. No, this is, this is implied that people in his new kingdom, because he is giving this address, the Sermon on the Mount, as this is what it's like to be part of my kingdom. Like this is, he share, it's, I love this Sermon on the Mount because it's so practical, right? How to love your enemies. He talks about divorce. I mean, he's just like, boom, boom, boom. Let's just talk about the serious stuff that maybe we don't usually talk about. Let's just sweep that under the rug and let's just go there. I love Jesus. I love how he does that. And one thing he begins by, he talks about here is not doing things to be seen by others. And he says, when you give, I don't think any of us would probably, or would any of us say, well, given to the poorest for the super spiritual? Anybody? Or would most all of us go, well, that's, yeah, that's what we should do, right? That's believers in Jesus. It's, if we're disciples of Jesus, that's part of it. Not just be generous giving as part of being a disciple of Jesus. So if you go to verse 5, he makes mention of another thing, and he says, whenever you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, so forth and so on, telling them to go into your, into your closet. Basically, again, the point being, don't do it to be seen by man. But he doesn't say, if you pray. He says, when you pray right? Would any of us argue that we shouldn't pray? Or maybe that prayer is for the super spiritual people. Jared, he gave, he gave I read this, I'm going to sidestep for one second, because I read this really great Oswald Chambers quote on prayer this week. He said, uh, prayer is the vital breath of the Christian, not the thing that makes him alive, but the evidence that he is alive. I love that. That's, that's, that's fire right there. That because we're alive, we, ha- we would love to commune with God. All right. 
I got to turn the page for this next one. I'm not reading all of this, obviously. Did I? Oh, I was on the right page. Verse 16. There's three things that he mentions, and he says, when you, when you, when you. <clears throat> he says, and whenever you fast, I'll read the rest of this, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It's really interesting when I looked at it with the when you give, when you pray, when you fast, and I have these this lens to where I understand like so much of the time it's like fasting is, we wouldn't say fasting is for the super spiritual, when, I mean uh, giving is, praying is for the super spiritual or giving, but sometimes when it comes to fasting we assume that. Why? Like, that's for, the, that's for the preachers or for the evangelists or for that. Like, that's for those people who just, they're really close to God. They do fasting. But with these other things, we wouldn't say that. We would say, no, that's the normal dis- Christian life. I know the word Christian gets loaded sometimes. But the, loaded, the life of being a disciple of Jesus, that's what, that's, what, that's what it is. And Jesus tells us, again, when we fast, not if we fast, right? It's, it's, it's a given. Israel has fasted for hundreds of years, right? The people of God have been fasting for a long time. This is one thing that we see that Jesus, in this address about his new kingdom, is carrying over, continue to carry over that. Yeah, you're gonna, you will fast when you fast. But he also gives us some practical advice, and I guess we should at least talk about this right now. I might come back to it later on several weeks down the road or something. But we do know that when we fast, we are not called to do it so that others see us. That's real, right? You ever done that? We're not be like, mm, man, brother. Mm. What's wrong? Nothing. I want to talk about it. Mm. <clears throat> Actually, I'm fasting. I'm fasting for two days. I'm going super serious this time. Je- Jesus says, if that happens, that's your reward. You just got it. That's actually scary, actually, to think about. Like, I just did all that for that? Like, is it really worth it? Was he not eating for two days worth, Jerry, thinking I'm a little more spiritual? Yeah, that's, a, that's stupid, actually. I'll just be real. That's a dumb way. That's, that, that's kind of dumb. Because it says that he will, and you can go to the next slide. I'm just going to slide this. He will reward you. Now, I, like, sometimes I've read that and even forgot that. He says that about giving to the poor. He also says that about praying. But he says that when we decide to fast, that's one of these three things, and we do it not to be seen by others, but to be seen by God, there actually is reward in it. There's reward for us. The same way he says in Hebrews 11 that if you would draw near to God, what does he say? You must believe that he exists and that he does what? He rewards those who diligently seek him. Like, we have to have a paradigm. If we think God is super mean and doesn't want to reward us, that's crazy. Like, he wants to. If you want to draw near to God, you have to realize he is a rewarder. That's what he does. He might not reward us with what we think we deserve. (laughs) Like, well, I'm going to go fasting because God's going to give me a Lamborghini, I'll tell you what. Maybe the reward is that you learn how to discipline yourself a whole lot more. Maybe the reward is you can better deal with temptation, right? But that's, some, that's powerful, though, to think about. To think about that Jesus says when you fast and when you do it in his prescribed way, you will be, you'll be rewarded. There's a reward in it. Let's look real quick at Luke chapter um, 
five. I am going to jump around a little bit. I'm usually not super into that unless I'm listening to the song. Jump around, jump, jump around, jump around. I heard that in the gym the other day. I was working out. Get you hype. Ready to go. There are, man. There's those songs where you're like, I'm going to run through. Hey, you know what? I Sorry. I showed Jonah Rudy the, uh, yesterday. I ran around the house and tackled everybody. I'm not kidding. Larissa wasn't there. So she was lucky. <clears throat> I was ready to run through a wall. Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read, uh, starting verse 33, but contextually, because I want to look some more about what Jesus says about fasting uh, and about whether we should or whether we should not. Contextually, Jesus is called Levi, the tax collector. He's having um, dinner with these tax collectors, and the Pharisees and scribes are, are frustrated. They're upset. They're like, what is this guy doing? Verse 33 says, And then they said to him, John's disciples... Like the disciples of the Pharisees, frequently fast and pray, but your disciples eat and drink. Jesus said to them, you cannot make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with you, can you? The days are coming when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. And then he tells the parable of the wineskins, which I really want to get into, but I just won't today. I'm kind of sad. I love that parable. Um, it has to do with this too, so go home and study that yourself. The scribes and the Pharisees have a legitimate question that they're asking Jesus. Uh, put yourself, I could actually see myself being just like them. I'm just being real. You have this new rabbi, this new teacher. He's not supposed to be hanging out with sinners. You see him hanging out with these guys, you're like, dude, what is this guy doing? And then you start recognizing Dude, they're not even fasting. They're not even doing the religious stuff, like the stuff that we've been doing for hundreds of years. They're not even doing this. Like, what, what are you doing? I might have asked the same question to Jesus. I'm being real. Like, what's going on, man? Like, and he responds very simply, listen, the bridegroom is here. Who is the bridegroom in this passage? Jesus, thank you. <laughs> I don't usually ask a lot of questions where I'm actually fishing for a particular answer, but I thought that was easy enough. Um, <laughs> Jesus is the bridegroom in this passage. And he says, listen, when the bridegroom is with, what does it say? Let's read it exactly. Jesus said, while you cannot make the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them. So he's calling his disciples the wedding guests, saying that he's the bridegroom. And he's saying, listen, there's times to party and to have fun. Isn't that cool? I love that about Jesus. Like, he, I'm with him. It's not, it, how awful of a wedding would that be if we saw a wedding and everyone's like, well, I'm fasting? I mean, I, I don't know about, to me, to you, but I, I wouldn't be super jacked about that wedding. I don't know. If I have a wedding, I hope everyone celebrates and has fun and eats and, and goes for it. And that's what Jesus is saying. But what's really, again, interesting is that he says the bridegroom will be taken away. Has Jesus been taken away? Yes. I know his spirit dwells in us. But I also know the whole uh, book of Acts is filled with prayer and fasting <laughs> after he resurrected. But he says, listen, when I'm taken away, what does he say is going to happen? He says, they will fast. Right? So it, there was an expectation that Jesus was saying, yes, my followers, the people who follow me, they're going to fast. It's, it's, it's part of being a disciple. It's real. This is good, isn't it? A lot of, I think a lot of this has to do with we just haven't taught about it that much. We haven't had it modeled for us, right? 
How many of our leaders, like our people that have you know, discipled us, mentored us, have been serious about prayer and fasting and encouraged us? And even if they did, have they encouraged us to do so? I mean, I'm looking at myself going, I haven't done the best job of that. You can go to the next slide if you want to. That was the supposed to be for that part, so go ahead to the next one. <laughs> I'm going to go on a few more things. And I want to get super practical at this point. Um, if we know that Jesus is calling us to fast, if we know that God's heart is and says that his disciples will fast, we have to ask the question, what does fasting mean? And this is where I've gotten a lot of conviction based on some things that I just went for. And then when I started digging into the word, and I hope I challenge you to dive in and challenge me if I'm wrong. Because if I'm wrong, I want to know. I'm not, I'm not that prideful. <laughs> like seriously. But the, the Hebrew and the Greek word, I could put these words up here, I didn't. To fast means to abstain from food and or drink. That's what fast means. And this was so enlightening to me. Uh, and you can see that. You can go and, I mean, you can read through a lot of references to fasting when it does make any kind of a comment that says, and they did not eat or drink or, so, or did not eat or so forth and so on. And I say this because... I was even challenged a month or two ago about fasting, and it was good, by uh, M, who is a leader of the Iranian house church movement. And he challenged me to say, hey, we need to fast biblically. <laughs> like, like, just straight up, like, a lot of people, we just come up with these ideas for fasting, and he's like, I'm going to tell you, John, I see more power with people who fast biblically than those who come up with their own ideas for what fasting is. And I was like, okay, cool. Because we come up with a lot of ideas, and they're not always bad, Right? But if, when it, if we're looking, if Jesus is telling us that we should fast, if we would agree with that, if Jesus is telling us that his disciples would fast, maybe we should do it the way he wants us to do it. Um, and I say that to say this is not a bad thing, but I've done this. I've said I'm fasting from social media for the last month, for the next month. Is taking a break from social media potentially super good when it comes to your spirituality? Absolutely yes. <laughs> it can be fantastic for you, Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's, no, it's bad for you. No, it's amazing. But that's not fasting. That's not biblical fasting, right? I, I, I used to for a while. I'll be real with you. I would do this. I, I've done this thing called the Daniel fast. I'm, I'm going I'm to j- jump right into it. That ain't a fast. That's a different diet. Now, he was doing it in morning. Like, there's, you can do things like this. It's not spiritually bad, okay? Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But in chapter 9, when Daniel actually fasts, that's different <laughs> than whenever we do this, this thing called this. It's, it's, it's just, it really hit me hard. Or I'll say, I'll fast coffee, and yeah, I mean, it's good. And I, I read someone this week, and it was so powerful. when I, I, was, I was just diving into this, thinking about this so much. And he said, listen, oftentimes we fast what we want. I want to be on social media. I want coffee. I want chocolate. But when we do a biblical fast, we fast what we need. We have to have food. We have to have drink. And he was saying there's another level of what God will do in your life and for your city that will take place when we begin to practice fasting what we need. Now, I'll say this. Bethany made a really good point. I'm not here to say folks that don't need to fast because of health reasons (laughs) should go on a a week-long fast and die. I wouldn't like that. I think that I don't think the Lord would be super jacked about that either. So that's my, my disclaimer. There is to be with the Lord, but we can do things like fast for a meal, 
right? And Greg's going to actually give us the opportunity to do, if we don't know where to begin or this is scary to us, like actually God has really opened my idea. I'd never fast without water. I'll be real. I'm always just not food fasting. And I thought, okay, I'm about to, I'm about to ratchet this up. I'm about to start fasting without drink. How about that, babe? Might as well get it in while I can. That was my next statement, Mike. Thank you for saying that. Unless there's a miracle from God, you can only go a few days without water. And some of us might not be able to make it a few days without water. <laughs> so listen, don't, don't just go. I'm, I'm just telling you, me personally, when I'm saying I'm going to do it, I'm talking about doing it for like a couple meals or for a day to warm up to the idea. But you cannot. You're right. Disclaimer. I don't want, if, anyone, if anyone goes to the hospital or dies on me, I'm not going to be happy about that. I mean, but we can start with just food or whatever, right? Greg will talk about some of those. I'll just kind of leave that to him. But yes, that was exactly my next statement. I'm glad that Mike said that because I want to be careful about that. All right. Whenever Jesus and Moses fasted and didn't drink and eat for 40 days and 40 nights, that was an absolute miracle from God. It's a miracle. None of us could actually just make it without God telling it and sustaining it. And I would just say you better make sure you know that God's telling you <laughs> if you're going to go on go on something like that. Okay. Um, let me look at a, just a couple more things and we'll be done, actually. Um, go to the next slide if you don't mind. I'm going to look at two more things and we'll be finished. Um, something that I was really looking at a lot this week, uh, I was reading um, some Jewish commentators <clears throat> on, on, on the Torah, and they brought up the connection with fasting in the garden that I thought was really interesting. Um, I hadn't thought too much about that. But the idea that the very first sin was, had to do with what? With food, right? And obedience. I mean, we can go and we can talk about, which is truth, like obedience, desiring uh, to have something that we can't have, wanting the knowledge of good and evil, all these types of things. Absolutely. That was all into it. That was all in it. But ultimately what they did was they took, they didn't obey God, they didn't choose to follow what God called them to do, and they liked that food and they ate it. One thing that we do whenever we fast is we tell ourselves to say no. Like, someone said this, I think maybe it was Diane, I, like, we, we don't tell ourselves no that much in America. I'm just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we do, I don't think so. Like, I think if we want to eat, hey, we got good food, you're right, Jonah. What's your favorite food? I don't know. Wow. That was a lot, so a lot of pause for nothing. Jeez. My own son right there. He's the one that's most like me. Anyways, of course, I would know exactly what my favorite food was. Sushi. Not an American food. <laughs> I only had to think twice about it. Now I kind of lost my place because I decided to go down a, a little bit of a buddy trail. What was I saying? Yeah, we don't tell ourselves no. Thanks, Jared. We don't tell ourselves no very often. <clears throat> but in fasting, we learn to do that. Like, this is something, this is a discipline that we, that we bring into our lives that we, we learn. And during, during um, the garden, it, the enemy was there tempting them, right? Like, he was bringing them temptation to do this. And there's something that Jesus had a very similar situation. This is what I'm ending it on, is uh, Luke chapter um, 4, right? Yeah. 
can go to the next slide, the last slide. Oh, no, actually, it's, no, this slide. Yeah, stop right here. Jesus has this. This is really cool. When you look at Jesus' life, you see him healing and redeeming what mankind did wrong. All throughout it, what Israel did wrong. All throughout it. Like the, the beginning of Matthew here, or in, well, I'm in Luke right now, but is really just boom, boom, boom. Things where humanity failed and Jesus brought healing. Thank you, Nathan, for looking, let us look at Jesus because it's the reality. He, only he could do it. Where Adam and Eve chose to eat the food, what does it say in, 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 in uh, chapter 1, 4, verse 1? It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. I love that, right? Jesus, full of the Spirit, man, I got the power of God to go into temptation, right? It's the reality. To sustain where he was, for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days. And when they were over, he was famished. Matthew says he fasted. And again, that goes back to what, he's, what I'm saying, either eating or, or eating and not eating and drinking. I love that Jesus' humanity is shown here, that after 40 days of not eating, he was starving. <laughs> it wasn't like, man, I, I think I can go another 40 days. Like, it, it hurt. It wasn't, it wasn't pleasurable. The first temptation that the enemy even gives him is one that has to do with food, right? Turn the stone into bread. Like where humanity failed, they were at the tree, the, the enemy is tempting them with all these different things, and we failed and we chose to eat of the fruit. Jesus is having a chance, an opportunity right here to bring redemption and healing where humanity failed, and Jesus doesn't fail. And the point I want to bring up is that during the midst of this, he found it very helpful, I would say, to be in fasting, right? In addition to that, I know he's going back to Moses who fasted 40 days and 40 nights whenever he received the Ten Commandments, and there's a new covenant coming, but that's like a whole other topic to go. But the fasting helped Jesus to deal, I, I believe wholeheartedly, it helped him to deal with the temptations that the enemy brings into our lives. Now, we're going to call us all to corporate fasting, and that's one, new, one thing that I saw, too, like so heavy is that so much of the time fasting was as a family, was as a nation, was as it's not just individuals. Yes, there are individuals that fast, like Jesus fast here individually, absolutely no doubt about it. But oftentimes we miss that whole, the whole idea of us fasting together. Israel would fast. We're going to go through, I'm going to go through specific examples, not today, but uh, fasting, uh, they would fast together for a number of reasons. With Esther, they fasted. Like, there's so many reasons they would fast together. And just think about those together, because we want to fast together. We want to do this thing together uh, for those who would want to. Um, but verse 14 is, is, is really powerful here in, in, in Luke chapter 4. Not only does he overcome the temptation, but after 40 days of fasting and being filled with the Holy Spirit, it says, then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread throughout all the surrounding county, uh, country. Excuse me. He began to teach in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. Matthew talks about how he healed every, healed every sickness and every disease among the people, and he cast out demons and all these things. I'm telling you, I believe wholeheartedly that this being full of the Spirit and fasting was directly related to the power of God that, w that Jesus was walking in. That Jesus walked in the power of God. Because he, here's the thing. We are spiritual, physical beings, straight up. I think we err whenever we start focusing only the spiritual side, and we err absolutely when we only focus on the physical side, where it's intertwined and it's interwoven. Like, that's what we are. When we choose not to, when we choose to starve some of that physical for a time, not for the rest of our lives, <laughs> right, we, for a season or for a day or for what, for, for what it may be, 
it's awakening the need, the spiritual, the, the spiritual realm and the, the spiritual the need for God. It really is. To have a rhythm in our lives and corporate times where we come together and fast is us yielding to God and saying, God, we can't do this. We're saying right now, we cannot reach Murfreesboro, God. God, I can't do it. I can't do it without the power of your Holy Spirit. No way. So instead, we're going we're gonna to humble ourselves which is what Israel, so many times, humility and fasting goes hand in hand. We're going to humble ourselves before God and cry out and say, God, we can't do this. Honestly, God, we don't really know what to do. I'm being real. I don't, I'm not really sure what to do. We are going to rest entirely on you. Doesn't mean we're not going to do what you tell us to do. Doesn't mean we're going to sit around and just fast. We're going to be obedient to what you call us to do. But God, we are going to yield to you and I, I am just so sure that God, God said he will bring reward to that. And I cry out, Lord, Lord let my reward be the city for you. That's, that's what I want. You know, I mean, thank God, that's, that's, that's what, I, what I desire so, so much. I'm excited about this, y'all. I, was, I can't wait. I'm hoping some of you just jump into fasting before we even start fasting because you're just so excited about, about going for it. I want to end, the very last thing is with a, uh, a John Piper quote. I don't always quote John Piper, <laughs> but when I do, I quote a good one. How about that, okay? I read this about fasting. Actually, I started tearing up a little bit because I just started thinking about what he said here. And he says, uh, the absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It's because we've nibbled so long at the table of the world, our soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great. Um, uh, it's like the thought, like, I've, I, this, I guess I teared up when I read this because I realized I've done that. Um, that there's been so many times in my life where I've just kind of done the same old thing the same old way. I've, I've not listened uh, to the Spirit's tug or even just even become obedient some, to some things like this and with fasting and stuff. And every in, in the in the, I've read so many so many revivals or whatever you want to call them whatever they're all started with prayer and fasting they always do and it always starts with the people hungry for more of God just straight up God we want to see you move in our city God we want to see you in our lives we're gonna be God I want to see the power of God in my life more I just do I want to see them I want to be so near to you God I just want to I just want to be so near to your heart and I pray that 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 this becomes like a the beat of our hearts. So this is, again, not us pulling teeth to get people to get together and pray, but we began and, and fast, but for us to go, God, we want more. And sometimes we have to kind of starve what we've been doing, stop eating from the table so that we can actually feast on something really deep and really rich. So I, I'm going to pray. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to keep practicing that two-minute thing. Let me see what time it is real quick. 11.15, Amazing. Amazing. As Father, <clears throat> Lord, I thank you for the example of, of fasting and praying. I thank you that you were someone who actually did model it for us, Jesus, that, that you began your entire ministry, uh, ministry or whatever, whatever we call it, with fasting and, and, and with prayer, Lord. <sighs> Father, I admit that I... I'm not always great at this. I admit that I am, 
I like the things of the world. I like it to eat and, and all these different things. I know you've created me with that. But Lord, I repent for any and every time I haven't taken just seriously the, the simple practical rhythm of fasting that you've called disciples and followers of you to. And Lord, I'm hungry for you, Lord. You said that man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to feast on your word, and I want to feast, Lord, on what your spirit is serving. And so, Lord, I pray right now that you would create in all of us a a deep hunger, uh, a, a hunger, a desire to fast so that we can draw near to you, a desire to fast so that we can see an incredible change take place in our, in our neighborhoods, in our city, God. We just want to say that we want to lean, we're, we want to lean entirely on you, and we recognize that we can't do this, God. We can't do this on our own. In Jesus' name, amen.